This is Deion Dawkins, man, and you're listening to The Scoop on OwlScoop.com. You already should know. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to The Scoop, OwlScoop.com's podcast, Season 7, Episode 39. I'm John DiCarlo, joined by Kyle Gauss and Sam Cohn. What's up, gentlemen? How are you? I'm out of whack. Hanging in there. Yep. <laughs> Little what? I'm out of whack. I keep feeling like it's Tuesday. You do it's not like you're Tuesday. you're like you're ringing. You're doing a lot of like hand ringing and face ringing right now. Like it's been a long day, whack, John. The Gauss family. Out of whack. We're out here working. Famous yeah, working man. Don't have a single one. Famous thirty nines. Uh, a very good fantasy running back in like the mid two thousands. AFC. East. No, I'm sorry. AFC North. AFC North. Oh, yeah. AFC North. Let me give you college. Uh, yes. UNC. Oh, um, why am I coming up empty on this one? Very short stretch, but very good. Willie Parker. Ah. There is absolutely no way in hell I would have ever gotten that. No, I mean, I obviously know who Willie Parker is. Could not have told you he wore 39. I would remember. I Googled it. Is he a famous 39? No, I think of Curtis Enos from Penn State, who can thank Temple for his career because they were beating Temple pretty badly at the Meadowlands. And they were up big and Joe Paterno said, let's try him as a running back. He had been a linebacker. He went in and rushed for like over hundred yards in the second half. Matt rule also had a sack in that game. Uh, yeah. There's a, it's like, if you ever go into like the Penn state archives online, you search for Matt rule. There's like one photo of him from ever playing football at Penn state. And mm-hmm. it's him with just like gigantic, yes. uh, like shoulder pads. And he's which he, cla- he claims was a sack was not a sack. I think it would make, put it down as just a tackle for a loss uh-huh. because it wasn't a pass. But it's him. It's, it, it's either know. he sacked Henry Burris or he sacked like Burris' backup. If I'm him, I'm I'm full full uh, full steam ahead on that was a sack. If anybody ever asked, that's a sack. Yeah. Yes. I wish I played football in like, like the 70s. You can just lie about things because like nobody's looking sure. it up. <laughs> I uh, 473 yards one year. but uh... Kind of like um, um, Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah, yeah. Like we we did the math on this. Well, uh, it's four a night for about you know a decade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> different podcast, different line of conversation, guys. Anyway, big news today, Sam. What's 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 the big news on on today's podcast? Uh, big news is that Caliph Battle is returning Temple for one more year to play basketball. All right, so. As all of you know, Caliph Battle had declared for the draft with the intention of, you know, getting feedback, smart thing to do. Uh, today, June 1st was the deadline to, to make a decision on that. He would stay in the draft or withdraw and come back. Um, Sam talked to him earlier today. So Caliph has since announced his decision uh, on social media. We have a story on alscoop.com right now. If you're listening, Sam talked to him. 
uh, you know, we, we talked about this before we started recording, Sam, like he could come back for a couple more seasons, but he told you to start things off here. He told you he was just coming back for one more season, correct? Yeah. He said, uh, this will be his last year. I mean, the big thing, um, for him was, uh, he really wanted to see the kind of feedback he could get and his plan and kind of what he was told is that he really, if he has a good season this year, he has the potential to be a legitimate draft prospect with a strong chance of getting drafted. That's that's what he thinks, what he was told, whatever. I mean, take it for what you will, but that's what he walked away, uh, how he saw it walking away. So he, he has every intention of, of playing one more season at Temple uh, and then putting his name back in the draft um, with the intent of going through the full process. Now, I think the really interesting thing uh, to take away from this, take away from my conversation was that he did go through the process, but he like half went through the process because he was offered a handful of team individual workouts. He denied all of them. Um, and all of the feedback he got was based on 18 games of film over two seasons. Uh, I think if you look at this past season, it's a little more indicative of the Caleb battle of kind of where he is. Uh, but that was really the big thing was that it, none of it was a workout that he was going into because he felt like, you know, I spent four months away from basketball not away from myself, like not really being able to play because uh, of his foot fractured fifth metatarsal. Um, so he was at like 80% and he thought that he was cleared. He thought he should be cleared a, a little bit before he was actually cleared, but he was like, he kind of felt like he was only at 80% of what he could be uh, skill level and just being in shape and just being ready to, to compete that level. Whereas he kind of said to himself, I'm not going to that unless I'm 110%. Mm-hmm. All right. So Sam, obviously, you know, obvious statement of the year. It's a big deal that the temple was getting him back. And we, we kind of expected this again. It was a smart thing for him to, uh, for him to do again, you talked to him earlier today. Why did he decide to come back? What can you tell us about that? I mean, the decision to come back was, was pretty simple and that he wasn't going to get drafted. Uh, they told him they walked away and you can, you can read this on the story on the site. Uh, but where his game is at, there's, uh, the difference between where Caleb battle is now and where Caleb battle is, potential draft prospect, he still has some stuff to work on. Um, you know, I detailed a little bit more uh, in the story. Um, you can kind of see his quotes on it there. But basically, he was told, you know, they scouts and town evaluators really liked his uh, his efficiency scoring the ball, his size, his athleticism. Um, they had a lot of good things to say about him on the offensive end of the floor, but they said they want him to, to really dive in at both ends of the floor to really, um, you know, Work, to really work on becoming more of a two-way player. They want, they saw that his rebound numbers dipped from, you know, high six to mid three, whatever the number was. So they want, obviously it was only like four less games, but they want his, um, his rebound numbers up. And the big thing that I thought was interesting, uh, which we can talk about a little bit more is that they want him to be more of a leader, uh, more of a mature leader because, and Caleb just described it as like, you know, I always wear my heart on my sleeve. Like people know when I'm mad, but from what we saw of Caleb, and obviously, I mean, they see it different than we do. I think from what we saw, Caleb's a leader, but it's interesting to see, I think it's less so about whether he's leading and more so about how he's leading. Mm-hmm. And I think it's more so drawing to the point to his emotion on the floor because, and he, he actually mentioned this in the interview. He's like, guys get paid millions of dollars. Uh, to be a role player. He's like, Joel Embiid can have that kind of emotion, but you know, if I'm a role player, I can't have that kind of emotion. I have to play my role and I have to be that part of the team, whatever. Like he can't, he can't act that way. Uh, so he said, working on um, being a more mature leader, I think is a big thing. And when we saw a lot of when Caleb, especially when he was hurt was 
being a leader for a lot of the younger guys and the way he talks about some of the younger guys being a leader at Temple. But if he's going to be able to take that step to, to potentially get drafted next year, and he, if he's going to be a role player on a team somewhere, if he's going to end up in the G League and then maybe get a chance on a, on a roster, um, th- that's really the big thing is they want him to mature in that aspect of his game, to not, let his, to not wear his emotions so much on his sleeve. All right, so here's, here's Caleb Battle talking to Sam about why he decided to come back to Temple. Um, well, I mean, it was it was kind of a tough decision to see if I was going to come back because I mean, this past month, like the month of May, I I was better. I felt like I was better than where I was when I was when I got hurt. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I made a big jump, and I felt like I was you know ready to you know um, take the extra leap. But from the feedback I got, they wanted to see me go back to school and. Uh, have the potential to really make some noise and, you know, strong chance of getting drafted next year. So, And another another thing worth talking about here, guys, is, you know, we, we talked several times throughout this past season how, you know, we, we saw a small sample size uh, of Caleb Battle gets hurt, doesn't come back. And if there was a double-edged sword piece of it, it was that it did create some more minutes for some other players like Hysir Miller, um, like Zach Hicks. I mean, it opened up some time on the floor. Now, Caliph is coming back to a pretty, you know, talented and heavy guard rotation. Now he's going to be sharing the floor with Damian Dunn, with Isaiah Miller, Zach Hicks. Um, and Sam, you talked to him about that as well. Let's play that clip too, and then we'll we'll react to it. Uh, I think we fit well together. It's, it's just all about us playing, uh, playing our best at the same time. Um, I don't think we accomplished that in all the years that we've even been here, that we both, you know, played our best basketball together. Mm-hmm. I feel like if, if we play our best basketball together, you know, I feel like we're a top 25 team in the country, especially with the bigs we just added. Um, and I feel really, really, really comfortable with, with Fabe running the point guard show, mm-hmm. you know. So now it's all about, I, mean, I think we're I think we're really good defensively as well. Um. So now it's all about, like, now we got a big a big time score coming back, and then we got another big time score that was already there. You know, now it's just all about just putting the both together, you know. So this year I'm going to really work hard on, um, you know, trying to always stay on the same team in practice, you know, instead of playing against each other in practice, stay on the same team, which is figuring out, you know, where everybody likes their spots. So I got to figure out where, you know, Dane wants the ball. Um, I know he likes the mid-range a lot. I know he's working on that three-point shot, so. You know, I'm just trying to figure out, you know, how we can how we can put it together because I know if we can put it together, it's scary because, you know, we can't just... You know, last year, a lot of times, I was getting double-teamed and overplayed, so, you know, they can't do that if all, if all the other guys are, you know, more than ready to play and, and scoring the ball the way I know they can. All right, Sam, what did you, what did you, what did you make of that? Because, again, I mean, again, obvious statement. It's a great thing that, he, that he's coming back, but... Um, yeah, he's going to be sharing the floor with a, a guy who hit three game winners this year. Again, it's a pleasant problem to have, but what do you make of his comments there? So this was one of the big things I wanted to ask him. Uh, we've had this conversation so many times on this podcast, and I think it's a really interesting uh, conversation to be had about how to him and Dame, especially after the season where Dame hits a bevy of game winners and averages you know, close to 20 points a game. I think he was up at, you know, 17, eight, whatever it was, um, 16 or 17 points per game. When you have two scores like that, how do they fit together? And it felt like Jeremiah was the piece between them that could really help facilitate and run the offense. Uh, now you have a much more inexperienced point guard 
and you have two guys coming back who are proven number one scoring options. So I pose the question to Caleb, uh, you know, there's, I think people have reason to believe like how, how people kind of, you know, the, the question going into the season is like, are these two guys going to be able to, to fit together? And I just asked him, how does, how do you think you guys fit together? How do you think that works? And, you know, you, you just heard his answer right there. I think the big, the big thing is they haven't really had a ton of experience playing together. They've only had, uh, you know, in the 18 games that Caleb battle has played, Damien Dunn hasn't also played in all 18 of those, um, of those games. So the big, the interesting thing I thought he mentioned was, which is implying that they didn't spend a ton of time on the same team in practice was that he thought that this year they have to spend more time together in practice. Uh, I thought that was, that was interesting, but he seems to think that, and I, I think he said it, that uh, he thinks they could be a top 25 team if him and Dame work together. Cause those are two really strong scoring guards and he had high praise for high Miller. Real quick on that. I mean, they're not the first team in the history of college basketball to have two talented guards, right? Like it's worked other places where you have two guards that want to get their points. I think it's helpful that Caleb is a bit of a better shooter than Dunn is. And Dunn is at times able to get to the rim at will and kind of do his damage on the free throws. If you want to earn your paycheck as a temple coaching staff, you make that work. Like, I, I don't think that's such a stretch of a coaching uh, asked to make two talented guards coexist in the same backcourt. So from listening to Caleb, it sounds like they are also fully aware of that. Mm-hmm. And again, obviously what their, what their hope is, whether it's through core John coach or Jamil Reynolds, depending on how those guys develop, if they can get teams to pay any sort of attention to them in the post, how does that change the flow of the offense? Does it create, you know, does it create some open shots? And I think we're also, you know, looking at, okay, how does as Zach Hicks continues to progress? You know, if Caleb and Zach Hicks are on the floor at the same time and you're really stretching the floor with a couple of guys that can really knock it down, uh, how does that work? But again, a pleasant problem to have. Yeah, so that was really the big thing that Caleb talked about is uh, because Damien Dunn played so well this past season, he said last year, you know, he was in the position where he was getting double teamed all the time and guys' defenses would really key in on him. Um and I, I think that a, a lot of those seven games we saw Damian, I think he scored double digits a handful of times, but uh, among those seven games, but he was really taking a back seat. There was the Clemson game where Caleb had four, and I think Damian uh, led in score. I think Damian led in scoring that game, but Damian, for the most part, took a back seat in scoring in those in that seven game stretch. Uh, then he proves himself. So now the way Caleb sees it is that, which I think is accurate, the teams are really going to have to key in much more on the two of them. Um, which is like just objectively a lot harder to defend. And then he had said uh, he really, 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 really likes the thought of Heiser Miller um, running the show there. And that's the big thing that I think is interesting. I said, you know, what, what are your expectations for Heiser Miller? Like, what have you seen from him? Obviously losing Jay will was a tough loss for temple, but Heiser played well down the stretch. What are your expectations for him? Um, and he said that the thing he likes, he said he wasn't sure about it at first. He really wasn't. He said he wasn't sure how it was going to play out. Uh, Heiser is obviously a, a freshman that didn't see a ton of time early on. But A, he did, he, Caleb agreed that, you know, he played well down the stretch. He, he had a, uh, he had great moments um, and great stretches. But the, the thing that he really likes about Heiser is that he's never been afraid of a moment like that, which is something Aaron talks about a lot. He always calls him a gamer calls him and Zach Hicks gamers. Um, and Caleb doubled down on that idea that uh, Heiser has never been one to be afraid of the moment. And he really likes the idea of, of him being 
the facilitator. And one thing I kind of want to bring up, and I thought about this randomly, um, I think it was last week, but then I wasn't on the podcast last week, so I didn't have the chance to bring it up. But one thing I'm interested about in this backcourt, which is like weirdly specific about how this plays out, is how they're able to break the press against teams that press really well. Because Caleb claims that, uh, and we have no reason not to believe him, that he's improved his ball handling. But I can't imagine he's anywhere near what Jeremiah Williams was. Damian Dunn uh, is a fine ball handler, but he's not anything especially unbelievable. Uh, it's not like he got the ball on a string. And Heiser Miller has proven to be strong, solid, but not exactly the same as what Jeremiah Williams was. When they when Temple would get would see pressure, see full court pressure, uh, Jeremiah had this weird instinct and like weird knack for he'd take a dribble or two, he'd draw a double team, and he's so wiry. He would jump up, survey the court, and find someone really quickly. That was pretty much how they broke the press most times down the floor. Uh, if they had like a, if it was like a one-two-two press, where it was one guy defending the two, defending the inbounder, like let's say it's Jeremiah and Dame, and they pass it back and forth, and usually that works. But if they bring a double team, the difference is how does High C react to it? Because he's not as long as and wiry, he can't jump as high. That was the interesting thing about Jeremiah was he just had a knack for being able to jump up, survey the floor quickly, and find someone. I'm curious to see if how things play out with those three. I think they can do it. I'm not saying it's like, oh, now they don't have Jeremiah Williams, like they're not going to be able to ever break the press. I think they will be able to. It'll just be interesting to see how that changes, how that's in flux, uh, because obviously you're losing a really important piece to a, what I think is an important piece of the game. All right, so with Caleb Battle returning, which we expected, that makes 10 scholarship guys on the roster. Uh, some of you, our alscoop.com subscribers, have been asking on our message board, you saw this on Twitter, um, what's next? Who does Temple add? Do they try to get a backup point guard? How many scholarships do they roll over? Uh, some of you saw on Twitter that Temple is, uh, had reached out to Shane Dezoni, former four-star Top 100 guard out of Brewster Academy is originally from this area, played a season at Vanderbilt and had verbally committed to St. Joe's. And was it last week, early last week, uh, announced that he was putting himself back into the portal. Uh, and we can tell you the Temple is very much in the mix here. So um, if they get him, they're not necessarily getting a guy who's you know playing on the ball, but a guy with a ton of uh, a ton of potential. Uh, he played in all but one game this season for Vanderbilt. Uh, averaged a little less than 11 minutes per game, 2.4 points, 1.6 rebounds per game. Shot it well from three, but the one bugaboo for him, and again, it's early in his career, is he committed 33 turnovers. Um, he did play, what was it, 13 minutes uh, in the game this past season where Temple beat them uh, down there. 13 minutes, attempted one shot, didn't make it, grabbed an offensive board, but you know, this is a, a long range type of thing for Temple. Um, what would, what would you guys, uh, what would you guys make of the addition here? If they can get him? I think he's in the same archetype of player as Caleb battle, like mm -hmm. the way they play, they both use their size. He can shoot to that level. Granted, he's shown a smaller sample size with 38, three attempts than um, as opposed, I'm sorry, uh, 25, three point attempts as opposed to Caleb battle. But I think it's uh it's it's probably pretty easy to recruit a guy like that. Um, regardless, ignoring the fact that he was committed to a big five team, you pretty much say, "Hey, look, you come in, you play twenty minutes a game off the bench to start, and then next year, 
I don't care what the what their classes say next to them on the roster. I don't see any scenario where Damian Dunn and Caleb Battle are here after next season. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be plenty of minutes in that backcourt. Uh, I think we've been saying for weeks that they need to find somebody to fill that Ty Strickland scoring off the bench role. And I think Shane Zoni is, is that guy. Sam, thoughts? Have yeah, you thoughts I, on I, this? <laughs> uh, I, I don't have I don't have many thoughts on this. I'll be honest now. I think Kyle summed it up well. It's like the Barry Gibb talk show when he would ask Robin, Robin, do you have anything to add? No. no. <laughs> I mean, look, he's a guy that like has played. Like, a fair, like, even, like not a lot, but like he scored 10 points against Georgia. He's dropped three threes against Kentucky. Like he's played for them as a true freshman. Um, granted, you know, like Vanderbilt uh, kind of sputtered towards the end, but like it was a loss for him to leave that program after so short. And it's a massive loss for him to leave Hawk Hill before even getting there. So uh, I don't know how this is going to look optic- optically if he comes to Temple, um, but I think role-wise it makes a lot of sense. And so to wrap things up here, uh, switching over to football since we last recorded, Temple picked up their second verbal commitment uh, from a wide receiver, Nathan Stewart, uh, chose Temple over West Virginia, Maryland, Boston College, among some other programs. Caden uh, talked to him. Again, if you're an Scoop subscriber, you can read Caden's story that's up on the site from four days ago. Caden uh, was one of the first reporters to talk to him uh, a while back uh, about his recruitment. Uh, has a cool anecdote in his story there. Uh, if you're a subscriber about um, when he was slated to take an unofficial visit and he was telling the coaches and Stan Drayton had been heading out to the airport to go see another recruit. And once he heard that, that Stewart was coming to campus, he turned around his car and went back uh, to talk to him. So Caden got some good stuff there. Um, if you are an Scoop subscriber, uh, if you check out our football board, you can see about some of the latest offers that went out. Uh, over the weekend after Temple hosted their first camp, after Stan Drayton hosted his first camp. Again, uh, one of the things that they had gotten away from and it kind of, I think, cost them a little bit was not having that that Memorial Day camp. Now the one year that they they couldn't do it because of COVID, but uh, they got, got a start on that. So um, expect more recruiting coverage in the coming days as more offers go out uh, as, they, uh, as Temple continues on this summer. With its camps, a little bit of an abbreviated episode today, but wanted to get you the Caliph Battle news, get you some audio uh, from Caliph Battle. Any closing thoughts here, guys? Any pearls of wisdom? Good weekend, Mace. Solid weather. Yeah, I was going to say, did anybody have any Memorial Day plans? Did anyone do anything interesting? Uh, we had people over Saturday. Then I went to the Police Touch Museum Sunday uh, with Jordan and a friend. And then uh, I just the ran what? through sprinklers with Jordan. On you went, to the, you went to the what? The Please Touch Museum. It's just like a museum for kids that they go and they they touch. Ah, uh, my buddy's kid got cool. my buddy's kid got his head stuck in a food truck exhibit. <laughs> I literally oh, wow. put his head in. They rotated, and all of a sudden, all of his weights on his neck and his feet are up in the air. Oh, no why? We got him out there. Jordan tried standing his ground against a seven year old that was cutting him in line. Didn't didn't register. The kid just kid just went anyway. Like the mocks, nice. he likes the effort yeah. there. He said, "Mine, it's mine," and they're like, mm-hmm, "It's mine, kid." <laughs> That's awesome. But John, yeah. what did you do? What did you do? I I was home uh, for a couple of days. I went to the Red Sox game. Uh, saw my home friends. Saw some family. Saw my family. Oh, uh, you're back. Came... Yeah, I'm back in Philly. Uh, I was home. Okay, I, I thought you were just on... like relocating, you know, to the habit. For, no, for the, the no I went I went home uh, I went home on Wednesday came back to uh what's today today's Wednesday um 
I came back oh, on Sunday. So yeah, I was only I was only home for a couple of days. Um, I honestly mainly went home to have a dentist appointment and get my car serviced, but it worked out that I could see. We have both family. those things out here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so I came back on Sunday, and then I went to an art museum with my uh, with one of my roommates on Monday. But that was about it. There you go. Went to Cape May. Um, Chelsea and I celebrated our seven year anniversary. On May uh, yep. Congratulations. Saturday came back last night. Got very. Very lucky with the weather. You look very colored. You look very tan. Yeah, I got uh, some sun. You do. Yeah. Uh, let the record show. Let the record show that uh, Chelsea is very in on the Owl Scoop barbecue. Chelsea's yeah. pro Owl Scoop barbecue. Yes. Yeah. So we got to lock down a lock down a date for it. Sooner yeah. than later. I, I turn into a pumpkin in like three, four weeks. My wife is 30, 31 weeks pregnant. Yeah. So yeah. things get closer to, yes. to mm. the end. Sam, you'll need to. You'll need. Have to we talked about that on the pod, Kyle. Yeah, Probably. I'm an open book, baby. Anything people want to know, here I'm here. <laughs> Kyle, can you tell us something you've never told anybody before? There was a drifter I picked up one day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's like any deep dark secrets I haven't revealed to somebody at some point. <laughs> yeah. So, Sam, I'm, you I'm unelectable. Long. I am unelectable. <laughs> if I ever run for public office, there will be dirt that comes out. And that's fair. I think we should hold our politicians accountable. <laughs> yes. Mm, I think you'd be fine. But what do I know? Drifters. <laughs> <laughs> Sam will, Sam is committed to making two or three jello molds for the Al Scoop barbecue. Is that still I don't a thing? Gonna like no, it's probably not a thing. But I don't know if I'm going to be the one bringing food. I feel like I will oh, no, I will need to eat like the whatever cardboard you, you live off of, of with your <laughs> you can make fun of me. No, I look out for you. Or we could we could expect you to bring lobster rolls for everybody. In my head, it's like we all show up and just Tom Ignito brings all the food. <laughs> That's yeah, the way I have often envisioned. Yeah, I envision that too. Graham, I need, Graham I need, brings like a snack or two, but then it's just all. I need Tom, Tom to show up early though, because I think Tom's probably the type of guy that like, oh, this is gonna be like a six-hour session where we're doing this. I'm like, uh-uh, <laughs> uh-uh, I'm not waiting six hours for you to smoke meats, okay? He gets like, there at five o'clock. John, John like, Tom, I, where can I set up the smoker in the backyard? <laughs> like it's four forty-five in the morning, Tom. <laughs> yeah, didn't sleep. <laughs> well thanks uh thanks for sticking with us for another episode good job sam getting in touch with kayla for today for the story and we will talk to you guys again soon